How do we belong to God? And how does he desire us to belong to him? There's lots of ways in which we can be connected to God or come into contact with him. We could come into contact with God out of duty. Maybe out of fear. Like, God, I'm so sorry. Like, don't crush me. Here I am. Like, uh, you know, have mercy on me. But there's many other ways, aren't there? Maybe those aren't the ways that he desires most perfectly. Because God desires us to belong to him out of love. Out of love. Maybe another word for that, and how persons connect with each other, is friendship. Friendship is the way in which we are united to other people. And that's the way that we're united ultimately to God. That's what he desires. And that's the invitation that he offers. To not just belong to him out of duty or fear or some other sort of thing, but rather to belong to him out of love. This is the great drama of human history, and we see it played out a little bit in today's gospel, that Jesus comes to invite these brothers to be friends. He invites them to come follow me. He doesn't just teach them something. He doesn't just set up a, a bookstore and say, come read my books. Or come, uh, right, uh, do something like that. But he says, come follow me. Just come be with me. Just come be with me, and I will make you fishers of men. He invites them into a friendship. And they respond, don't they? They respond immediately with a, a very generous response. They leave everything, even their father, to follow him, to be with him. That must have been something to experience Jesus in history, in the flesh. But we experience the same invitation in our hearts. So often, we can hear that echo in our own hearts. Just, just come to me. Come follow me. Come be with me. I think a great way to understand today's passage is to look at the book of Genesis. It's very similar to God walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. Very similar to that. What's happening in the book of Genesis, where God comes to walk with his creatures, whom he desires to be friends, and the evening in the garden, or the evening for a desert people, in the time of Adam and Eve, is the best time of day to go walking. It's cool, it's fresh. And so here in the very first book of the Bible, we have this beautiful image of this harmony, this friendship between God and his creatures. He walks with them in a garden in harmony. What a beautiful thing, right? This great image of friendship between God and Adam and Eve, our first parents. But right, we know that's ruptured. We know lots of things get in the way. We know there's lots of obstacles. There's lots of wounds in the whole drama of human history, right down to our own life. Right down even, and we see it in this time of the apostles. But in a certain sense, here's Jesus. Here's God in the flesh, revisiting planet Earth. And what does he do? What is one of the first things he does in his public ministry? He's at the Sea of Galilee. And there, we don't find Cain and Abel killing each other. We find James and John, Peter and Andrew, brothers, working in harmony, fishing, Together, right? What could be more beautiful in a way? 
these, uh, these family members working together in harmony and peace in a beautiful place, Galilee. It's a beautiful spot there, right? Uh, this lake, fishing. It's kind of almost a recasting of this image of the Garden of Eden. And here he comes to see. He said he saw them fishing, just like in the garden. He sees, God makes all these things, he sees them, and he sees that they are very good. But that was also what was going through the heart of Jesus, as he's again walking along the Sea of Galilee. He sees his creatures, these brothers fishing. And I bet part of what was in his heart was he saw, and he saw how good it was. And he calls them to himself. He wants to re-invite this kind of re-invitation and recasting of the great mission of God to enter into friendship with his creatures. Not because God needs us, but rather he knows us and he desires to give us everything that we need, to provide everything that we need in that friendship. To be at peace, to be in harmony, to rejoice in the goodness of creation and who he is. And that's what Jesus is starting as he reaches out to uh, Peter and Andrew and James and John. He's making an invitation of friendship. That's who he is first. He's not first a great teacher. He's not first the almighty powerful one. First, he desires friendship. And he invites the apostles into that. And he invites us into that. This is the great insight of our patron, St. Thomas Aquinas, the great medieval theologian. When he talks about the theological virtue of charity, you know how we have St. Paul talking about faith, hope, and love, and the grace of Jesus' love as caritas, charity. When he talks about that virtue, St. Thomas frames it within the category of friendship. That this is the way that we come belong to God. It's through the love of God and the love of neighbor. It's through friendship, all the dynamics of friendship. This is what God is about. He asked ask the question, how can we ever do that if we weren't like God? Can I be friends with Basil? I suppose I kind of can be friends with Basil. But Basil's so different, isn't he? Basil's dog. And I can't really say that I'm a friend with Basil in the same way that I'm a friend with my priest group or my priest friends or whatever. It's a different sort of thing, isn't it? Because there's unequal. So St. Thomas asks this great question, like, how can we love God if we're so different? Because there's something about God's initiation of friendship which makes us like himself. And then it gives us the ability to be friends with God. He says, that's amazing. Because these things are so different. The divine and the created, they're so different. The creature and the creator. So what does he do? Through Jesus, God, the great creator of the universe, invites us to be with him as friends. To be with him as friends. What do friends do? They spend time together. They share their hearts. They share their needs. They share their challenges. They wait. They listen, all these sorts of things. This is what happens as we relate to God, isn't it, in our prayer. It's like a friendship. 
come here to the chapel or maybe our quiet little spot in our room. Or maybe it's whatever place we can be close to the Lord. That's what we do, right? We brought our hearts before Him. We cry out to Him from our place of need. We sit and listen to what He has to say. We read His scriptures, His word to us. We don't have to guess what He speaks. We know because He's spoken to us in the scriptures and in His revelation. We do all these things. But it all requires one thing, doesn't it? All this. What does friendship require the most? It requires time. It requires time. There's no cliff notes for friends, is there? You know, have you ever thought about that? Hey, why don't you just like, you ever call your best friend and say, hey, just give it to me in five minutes? <laughs> ever done that? Of course not, right? Because it's more than just information. It's more than just information. Not a summary. But rather, it's like the sharing of hearts and minds. And if we're going to share the heart and mind of God, that takes time. That takes time. It takes time in adoration. It takes time reading the scriptures. It takes time just being with the Lord in nature sometimes. That's what it takes. It takes time to be friends with God. That's why Jesus says to the apostle, come follow me. Because they're going to spend lots of time with Jesus over the next three years of time. We're going to accompany him wherever he goes. We're going to be like, uh, like following right at his heels. We'll be that close to him. But we have that same invitation to spend that same kind of time with God. Sometimes we're afraid of that because we wonder if I really like spend time with God, like, will I really encounter something good? Will it just be like a big void of silence? Will it just be a waste? I have more important things to do and to accomplish. Will he really speak to me? Will I really get to know him? And we have all these doubts and questions. Is this stupid of a rest to spend time with God? My time is so precious. Will it be a waste? My friends, it will not. The time you spend with God will return to us hundredfold. It bears so much fruit. It makes such a difference. It's that time we spend with him to become his friends. To become his friends. And notice, he didn't just call like one person. He just didn't call Peter by himself. He calls Peter and Andrew, James and John. He calls us to be friends like in a group, like in a community. Isn't that what happens, right? In the Christian community, we have people that we connect with, that lead us, that we can talk to, that we can share life with. It happens, I see it so beautifully happening in our focused Bible studies and discipleship and in so many other ways. So many ways that people connect with each other and support them. That's also how we become friends with God. It never happens in a vacuum. The hermit is very rare who just goes to a cave and gets to know God. That's a beautiful thing. It happens. It happens now and then. And it's a, it's a charism that God gives. But in 99% of our cases, it's not the case that we become close to God by becoming hermits. We become close to God through this great gift of friendship with Him. And that's a key insight that our patron has. 
that's what we desire most, don't we? Like, we want to be one with our Creator, with the one who knows us, with the one who made us, with the one who knows us inside and out. That friendship is the one that matters most, and it's the one that has the greatest rewards. I'll close a little story about rewards from our patron, St. Thomas. I think it reveals the fruit of what this friendship of God is all about. At the end of his life, after a life of, of being a, a mendescent friar, uh, a life of prayer and study and teaching, uh, St. Thomas got to the end of his life and he was on a trip from, uh, on a trip to Rome. Participate in a big meeting and stop at the uh, monastery of Fasanova. There he got sick. There he had a mystical vision at the end of his life in which God spoke to him in kind of an audible, very special way. And he said, Thomas, you have written well of me. What will be your reward? What will be your reward? He could have said anything. He could have said anything. But his response was this, none other than you, so I belong to you, Lord, so I want to be with you. Yeah. Isn't that the right answer? Isn't that the right answer? Isn't that the greatest reward of a friendship with God? It's just being with him. Just the joy of being with our creator, who is the God of love, who is the God of Jesus Christ, who is the Father who gazes upon us as beloved sons and daughters, who's the Holy Spirit, the great bond of love which draws us in to that relationship and that friendship with God. So today we might come to church, we might be living a life of devotion, we might be pursuing God, we might be wondering what will be our reward? What's in it for me? What makes it worth it? I think I might say with St. Thomas Aquinas, that other than him, God of the universe, who has come to call us friends.